my goodness. Hello, it's Caroline. You are listening to a bonus episode of the Fuck It Diet Radio because usually my regular episodes are every other week and this is coming just a week after the last one. And there are two reasons that I'm doing this bonus episode. One is that I kind of... (laughs) By the end of me working so hard on last week's episode, I realized I'd barely, barely mentioned my live program, the Fuck It Diet Club, that is currently enrolling. And it is only enrolling through January 14th, 2021. And we are starting January 17th. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And then the other thing is that I've been writing this post called all of the mistakes I made with intuitive eating and I wanted to share it I wanted to share it on a bonus episode I wanted to um, share so this is probably something that you've never thought about before and never need to think about again but I I have a blog the fuck a diet.com the blog is on there and that's actually how I started writing about all of this in the first place back in 2012 and then when I started my podcast in 2016 it's actually integrated with the blog so every time I post an episode it's also a blog post but some of them are so some of my (laughs) some of my posts are just blog posts less and less these days it's usually an episode and not a blog post some of them are blog posts content to read a lot of those are from kind of the past I used to write blog posts all the time some of them are just episodes with show notes but they're still on the blog they're all in one place and some of them like this episode are blog posts and episodes all rolled into one so you could be reading this well if you're listening to it you're listening to it but you could be just reading this because the majority in what I'm going to talk about all the mistakes I made about intuitive eating that is what the blog post is but I also turn it into an episode that you're listening to where I will be reading the post on the episode does that make sense you don't even need to understand what I just said but um, I haven't done a blog post that is also an episode that is also a blog post with actual content that you could just read in a while. And I wanted to. Um, sometimes I get inspiration and I'm currently working on my second book that is a lot more storytelling and a lot more my personal experience. Um, and so I do kind of talk about this stuff in that book that will be coming out next year. Sorry. Oh, I know. I can't believe it, but it will be here before we know it. Um, but you know, because I'm focusing on writing that book, I kind of don't always have the time or the energy or even the inspiration to write blog posts. Anyway, so here we are. I'm going to read to you the post that I wrote, all of the mistakes I made with intuitive eating. But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about my live program, the fuck a diet club used to be called the fuck a diet book club because and it started I started running it right when the book came out a couple months after the book came out and it is my live club my sorry yes it's a club I mean the club is just a name for it it could be called a course a program whatever um it was a program that use that used and still uses the fuck a diet book as a textbook so we have reading assignments every week 
and we take time in the community that I have on Mighty Networks. It's not on Facebook, which I'm really happy about. We There are daily prompts that I post to kind of talk about the writing exercises that are in the book and to, you know, spark conversation between members. Um, there are weekly beliefs to focus on. There is a weekly live Q&A call with me that you do not have to attend live. You can send in questions ahead of time and watch the replay. There is an amazing community. Again, it's on Mighty Networks and it's with the current members who have signed up. And so far I have 45 people who signed up for this round, but there are a little bit over 200 alums who have gone through the program before. So they are also in there. Not all of them are super active, but it's, a lot of them are, and they're happy to go through again or to just be there as sort of a support. And so it's become this really amazing thing where, yes, I'm in there answering questions during the week um, <clears throat> and supporting people during the week, though where I really focus the energy is the weekly call. But there are also other people in there who have gone through it and who have gone through the program before and who have been doing the fuck a diet longer. So it's really, really, really nice. And I just love it. And yes, it's a paid program. And I know that it's probably out of many people's budget. Um, and so if that's the case, it I totally get that it's not for everyone. But there are also payment plans that can make it easier for some people if you really want to do it. Um, this is the only time I'm running it in 2021 because I'm really going to be focusing on finishing my second book throughout the rest of this year. So, um, yeah, I feel like I, I have to tell you that it's, it's part, you know, you, you could call it a marketing strategy, but I'm really just not running it again for the rest of the year. So if you want to do it this year and now is the time, um, I was thinking of reading some testimonials, but that sometimes feels weird to, to do, you know? Okay. I'll read one of them. Um, Janie said, after 20 years of dieting, the fuck a diet book club, it used to be called the book club club was exactly what I needed to step away from pursuing weight loss. Weekly calls and journal prompts along with the mighty networks group helped me stay the course and move into an intuitive eating health at every size aligned mindset. The choice to give up dieting has its ups and downs for sure, but I'd highly recommend joining the book club club to find a community of people who are on a similar journey. Caroline's leadership and guidance are also invaluable because she's a reassuring and supportive. Oh, she is reassuring and supportive at all times. Oh, thanks. It's a unique opportunity to be in a book club led by the author herself. So I would suggest taking advantage and changing your life for the better. That was Janie. Um, so I used to call it a book club because we were going through the book, but the issue with that name, and I always felt this, I always was like, it's not really the best name for it because enough people were like, book clubs are supposed to be free. How dare you charge for a book club? And it's like, okay, fine. It's not a book club. It's a course. It's the exact same thing I would be doing if I wasn't calling it a book club. So now that it's called the fuck a diet club, it's the exact same thing. It's all the same content, all the same experience. It's just called something slightly different. Um, okay, so I just want to let you know if you've been considering it or didn't know it was happening, it's happening. Enrollment closes on, I believe, the 14th is Wednesday, no, Thursday. Um, and then we start Sunday. And you can check out all of the details at thefuckadiet.com slash club. I am going to get into 
So I have no sponsors for this episode because the sponsor is my program, (laughs) which is why I'm sharing about it. Um, But I'm going to get into the blog post that is associated with this episode called All of the Mistakes I Made with Intuitive Eating. Here we go. Six years before I started my own fuck it diet, I read the intuitive eating book by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush, and I decided I was going to heal my eating. I was only 18 years old, and I'd already been extreme dieting for over four years. I was an extreme dieter, and I was an extreme binger, and my weight violently yo-yoed up and down every every few months, and I was sure I was a food addict. Reading the intuitive eating book was the very first time I had any idea that dieting was toxic and wired to backfire. And it spoke to me and I wanted to heal. I really identified with what I was reading in the book, but I was young and I was really desperate and I was still stuck in extreme self-objectification. I was about to go to school at NYU for musical theater. I was literally like a month away from going. Um, and I also had a lot of health issues that I'd been trying to heal with my extreme diets. I wanted to heal my relationship with food, but I wasn't ready. And I also didn't really understand some of the very important parts of the journey, um, to food and body freedom. Remaining thin was still my top goal. And there was really no way to fully heal while continuing to prioritize weight control. And this was something that I didn't really understand. Like I didn't really understand how deep it ran in me and I didn't understand how much it was going to continue to mess me up. So, okay, sorry, I had to take a sip of water. But yeah, the next word was so. Wow, I could have just kept reading. So over the next six years, while I thought I was eating intuitively, I was actually not. I was still dieting and obsessing over my hunger and fullness cues and calling it intuitive eating. Then I'd read other books and blog posts from other quote-unquote mindful eating gurus and assume that they were continuing my education on intuitive eating when in reality they were taking me further and further away from true intuitive eating. Sometimes people read my work or my book and think I'm ragging on intuitive eating and saying it doesn't work. And I promise you I am not, though I do understand why people think that. Intuitive eating is life-changing and evidence-based, and the dietitian authors of the book are trailblazing experts, honestly, on this subject, who have changed more lives than anyone could begin to count. But I will say, I know firsthand after writing about this for so long that people do misinterpret intuitive eating en masse. A lot of those people become influencers themselves and water down the intuitive eating teaching even more. There are a lot of deeply ingrained diet beliefs that many of us hold that will keep us from truly eating intuitively and instead keep us in a quasi-healed state where we're still sneakily micromanaging our food intake, which will inherently keep us obsessed with food and feeling out of control around food. I made a lot of mistakes during those six years before the fuck it diet when I like actually learned how to eat intuitively. So I'm sharing those mistakes in the hopes that you won't make the same mistakes 
I made. Ready? One. There are nine. One. I thought I had to listen really, really closely to my hunger and fullness cues. Listening to your body is one thing. It is absolutely what we want. But listening obsessively? Not exactly what we want and not exactly what is going to lead to a better relationship with food. Here's the thing. After years of dieting, we usually feel really out of control around food. So it makes sense that we assume that we need to pay extreme attention to every bite we take and our exact level of hunger and fullness because we feel like if we don't do that, we're not actually going to be listening because we are out of control. The problem is we don't trust ourselves or our bodies. We are still operating under this belief that our appetite has to be micromanaged and it actually doesn't. In the beginning of stepping away from diets, we are often extremely hungry and hungrier than we think is okay or healthy or rational. And we think it's a sign that we're out of control and that our hunger needs to be curtailed. This is an example of me adding some, adding a sentence above that I actually eventually wrote. I do that all of the time when I go off script. I don't, I don't trust myself. Oh. <sighs> Uh, we think that our extreme hunger at the beginning of healing our relationship with food is a sign that we are out of control and that our hunger needs to be curtailed. But actually, our hunger needs to be fed, which leads me to number two. Number two, I thought I would immediately eat a small and perfect amount of food when I started intuitive eating. So along the same lines as number one, I thought when I started eating intuitively, I'd eat small, perfect, intuitive amounts of food. That that is still diet culture. That is still making assumptions about how much we should need to eat. And guess what? We need a lot more food than we've been taught, especially when we're healing from chronic dieting. We need to be fed amply. And before we can ever expect to listen to our hunger and fullness, we need to prove to our bodies that we will fucking feed it. In the beginning, we will eat a lot of food, as is expected after self-imposed famine. And over time, our appetites will normalize and it'll be so much easier to hear what our bodies want and don't want. Eventually, it begins to look a lot more like how we might imagine intuitive eating would look and feel. But the assumption that we should be eating tiny amounts of food from now until the day we die is incorrect and ridiculous. Feed yourself. Food is life. Number three, I still thought I was a food addict. Still along these same lines, I thought I had to, <clears throat> excuse me, micromanage my hunger and fullness because I was a food addict. After all, I acted like a food addict and I'd acted like one my entire life. Hoarding food, binging on food in secret, thinking about food nonstop, going on food benders while I was trying to stick to a diet, etc. I felt completely out of control. Then, in the beginning of eating intuitively, I felt absolutely ravenous and I was sure that that was another sign of my food addiction. I thought that food addiction was my disease and intuitive eating would help me mindfully manage my food addiction. No, 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 no. No, most of us think that, but really I was just chronically hungry and guess what chronic hunger does to you? It makes you feel addicted to food. It makes you think about food nonstop. It makes you binge and it makes you feel out of control around food. I don't believe that food addiction is real. Food fixation is real and it feels a whole lot like food addiction. And food as a coping mechanism is also real, but not food addiction. The cure for quote unquote food addiction or the experience of food addiction is ironically more food. Number four 
I still thought I really shouldn't eat that many carbs. Another big mistake I made was assuming that because I had PCOS, I couldn't really let myself eat what I wanted. I was trying to quote unquote eat intuitively, but curb my appetite. Again, this is not intuitive eating. And what it meant for me was that I never really stepped out of the restrictive cycle. Number five, I was disappointed with myself when I quote unquote ate too much. Because I was still trying to quote unquote listen closely to my hunger, so I would eat the smallest amount possible all of the time, there was still a way to do it wrong and blow it by not listening well enough to my appetite and eating too much. Again, this is just a diet in sheep's clothing. Six, I didn't understand that binging was trying to protect me. I still saw my urges to binge and my past binging as proof I was a food addict. That was why I was approaching intuitive eating with such an obsessive, I must pay attention to every bite and curtail my urges, energy. I didn't understand how much my binging was actually just an attempt to overcorrect my constant dieting. I didn't understand that eating a lot was healing. I didn't understand that my body was trying to protect me from myself. I still saw eating as inherently, oh sorry, I still saw eating a lot as inherently bad. And that was a huge roadblock to true healing and true trust in my appetite. Number seven, I didn't understand how important weight gain was both physically and mentally. Molly just jumped up on the couch, so you may hear her sighing or whatever. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Number seven, because this is really important. I didn't understand how important weight gain was, both physically and mentally. Now, not everybody who embarks on intuitive eating will gain weight, but many people do, especially after periods of restriction. Some people will lose weight intuitive eating. Some people will gain weight and then lose weight with intuitive eating. Some people will stay the same the whole time and some people will gain weight and stay at a higher weight. But this piece, understanding how important weight gain was for me is really, really, really important. I was still using intuitive eating as a way to try and eat less and a way to try and stay small or become smaller. And this was my biggest mistake and my biggest misunderstanding. I was using intuitive eating as a diet and had no deeper understanding of body diversity, weight stigma, or health at every size. And I had no willingness to really examine my own prejudices and biases biases against body size, both other people's and my own. I did not understand that weight gain had the power to not only help my body trust that it was being fed, but also teach me to accept my body where it wanted to be. Now, I'm not saying forced weight gain. I'm not saying you have to like feed yourself like a goose being fattened for slaughter. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about following your hunger and allowing weight gain to be a part of your journey if that is what your body wants. Number eight. I didn't understand how much a factor fat phobia played in my dieting and how much it was blocking my progress with intuitive eating. Along the same lines, 
As number seven, I didn't understand cultural fat phobia. I didn't understand how insidious it is and how much it was controlling my every thought and every action. I didn't understand that I needed to examine everything I had learned about health and weight and beauty and worth. And until I did that, I would stay stuck in a petrified quasi-recovery, afraid of my true hunger and true body. Number nine, the last one. I still thought that being thinner would heal me. One of the big reasons I held on to my attempts at weight control for so long is because I believed that being thinner would heal me of my health problems. That's what we're all told, right? Just lose weight and you won't have issues anymore. Our culture is so ingrained with the belief that thinner is always healthier. But guess what? Ironically, My decade-long attempt to diet and become smaller was actually really fucking bad for me and my health and my metabolism and my hormones. And it took me hearing from people that under-eating food and carbs actually messed up their hormones before I was able to see that something wasn't right in the way I was approaching health and happiness. All right, here's my conclusion. Before I could heal and embark on my fuck it diet, I had to be ready to uncouple weight and health. I had to understand that my ravenous hunger was trustworthy. I had to be willing to combat the fear I had of weight gain and the beliefs I had about weight gain and fatness. But honestly, one of the biggest catalysts was that I had to be miserable enough in the diet binge cycle before I realized that the difficulty of rebelling and healing was worth it. And I had to see firsthand that diets would continue to backfire. Even sneaky, faux, intuitive eating diets. Again, that's not me calling intuitive eating a diet, but it is talking about how many times we turn it into one. But I will say healing is possible. And if intuitive eating didn't work for you the first time, which I've heard a lot, intuitive eating didn't work for me. And it's usually because people are running into similar things that I ran into. You may want to re-examine and try again because healing is so, so, so worth it. You can read Intuitive Eating, the fourth edition. That has a more updated stuff. I, I probably read the first or second edition back in 2006. Um, You can also read my book, The Fuck It Diet, or as I've already said, if you want to, if you've already read my book and you want to just dive further, you can join the Fuck It Diet Club before, um, before enrollment closes on January 14th, 2021. Okay, that is the blog post, and this is going to be a short episode. I'm not going to stay on here too much longer, but I'm going to read another testimonial. And it goes like this. Tanya said, The fuck a diet is a life-altering experience. I jumped right in, and I'd already given up on being successful at dieting, lifestyle change, and even intuitive mindful eating. Absolutely nothing helped me lose weight permanently. It was time to say hell to the no, no, no. (laughs) To all the things that told me my body was unacceptable. 
The fuck it diet is like having a huge epiphany. I thought I was a failure, but now I've realized I was working against my body in the past. I highly recommend it. For some, it might be hard, but I believe if you go in with an open mind, you will be amazed. Now that, (laughs) so I did not read these. I I read these, but I didn't read these right now before I read them. Um, That was something that somebody in the fuck it diet club wrote um, as a testimonial for the fuck a diet club, but really it's just a testimonial for the fuck a diet book. Okay. Let me see if I can read one more and then I'm going to go and let you enjoy your Monday or whenever you're listening to this. Okay. This is one. I never thought I would stop the constant obsessing about food. I was either thinking about what I was going to eat and planning on it for hours or what I was not going to eat. I've read this book twice and did the book club as well. And after some deep thought work and following the book's practice, saying fuck it, I can honestly say I do not think about food. I eat when I'm hungry, I eat what I want when I'm hungry, and I feel zero guilt. Sometimes it's broccoli, what? She wrote that, what? And sometimes it's cake, great. It's all good. I also have put an effort to genuinely like my not model, larger than average, fabulously fat body, and it turns out I really like my body. I love it, actually. This book and its perspective and the book club were deeply empowering and life transforming. I am so grateful. Annie. All right. I'm not going to read anymore. I have a handful more I could read, but what's the point? You get the picture, right? It's going to be fun if you want to join. Um, again, if you want to check out the details, go to thefuckadiet.com slash club. And I will be back in one week with another episode. Um, and the reason I couldn't wait to talk about the Fuck a Diet Club till then even though I mentioned it briefly at the end of last episode is because enrollment is going to be closed by then. And actually we're going to be on the first or second day of, of the program. So this is why I'm doing the bonus episode. And I hope that all the information, um, that I shared with all the mistakes I made with intuitive eating was also helpful for people who are experiencing similar things because people experience that on the fuck it diet too. Like it depends, it depends on whether people already tried intuitive eating and then the fuck it diet, they're like, Oh, I see. Or whether they're trying the fuck it diet as the first attempt and are still kind of applying some of the similar things that a lot of people apply, like turning it into a diet. I try to be really clear in the book. Like I, you know, some people follow my, um, my Instagram and they try and jump in based on the information that, that they get from that. But, uh, the book, I hope the book is super clear in what you will expect and the mistakes that you may run into along the way. All right. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate you. (sighs) I'll talk to you in a week. Bye-bye.